0: place that i'd rather be than here in your life
1: Good morning Unity of Farmington Hills. Good morning. <laughs> we are so glad you are with us today whether you are in person or watching us online. We hope you enjoy the service. My name is Donna Opoka and I'll share the announcements today. We're having fellowship after service today with refreshments so please come down and enjoy enjoy the uh, further fun that we have. <laughs> Everyone is welcome to come to our Bible study class, which is held on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. on Zoom, as well as our Wednesday evening meditation service, which is on Zoom and in person. The Zoom links are on our website. The next family movie night is this Friday, October 21st at 7 o'clock, and we are showing the movie Heaven is for Real based on a true story about a little boy's life-changing experience. Everyone is welcome. Please invite your family and friends. Our annual Trunk or Treat is Saturday, October 29th from 2 to 4 p.m. Last year we served over 220 children. So let's see if we can top that this year. So we'll need some more trunks this year, so please, dress yourself up and bring your, your cars and your, your vehicles and individually wrapped candy for the kids. I think the, the adults might have had more fun than the kids last year. It was, a, it was great. It's a community event for all, all the children and families, so please come and please volunteer if you can. Our Thanksgiving food drive, which is run by our children's church, will start October 30th and run through November 16th. Last year, we created boxes with breakfast, lunch, and Thanksgiving dinner for over 50 families. So let's see if we can top that this year too. There will be boxes in the lobby for collection with a list of suggested items. On November 6th, we are having our first Veterans Appreciation Sunday to honor all veterans who are members, their families, friends, and our community. After service, there will be a celebration in the social hall, followed by our monthly veterans support group at 12 p.m. All veterans are welcome. Roxanne Barry is our prayer chaplain today, and she will be available after service by the patio doors for individual prayer. To stay abreast of all of our activities, outreach, and upcoming events, please visit our website, unityfh.com. Check out our Facebook page or read through our weekly newsletter, which is emailed out every Friday. And now, as our music team sings "Surely the Presence, let us prepare our hearts and our minds to hear the daily word and for our opening prayer and meditation.
2: Good morning, Unity of Farmington Hills. It's so funny. When I first come in, there's nobody here. I, go, I come up for this, and it's full, and I'm glad of that. I'm really glad of that. So now is the time for um, the reading of our daily word for Sunday, October sixteenth, two 2022. Today, we, And the word is joy. Today we affirm, I delight in simple joys. And our message reads, joy, it has been said, comes much more from wanting what we have than from having what we want. Reflecting on this thought, I embrace the simple joys that this day offers. I enjoy my morning coffee or tea, savoring its flavor and fragrance. Walking through my neighborhood, I greet friends, smile at people I haven't yet met, and enjoy the fresh air. I find satisfaction in taking care of my home, working at my job, or helping a friend. Even if I am not with them today, I feel joy as I think of my connection with the people I care most about. I know joy whenever I look for possibilities, rather focusing, let me read that again. I know joy whenever I look for possibilities rather than focusing on problems. My greatest joy is my awareness that wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, God is always with me. And our scripture for today comes from Psalm 1611. You show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Let us pray. So I invite you to gently close your eyes with me and take a deep breath. Let your mind float down that short distance between your head and your heart center, right in the center of your chest, and focus in that area. Set your intention to breathe in love deeply as you take deep breaths, and tune into a feeling of love and peace and stillness. And as we center into this space, we shut the door to the outer world and tune into the presence of God. Mother, Father, everything God, as we move into this moment of communing with you, we acknowledge your presence and your power as the only power, the only presence, the only activity that is active in our lives and in the universe. We bring our minds to the acknowledgement that we are one with your power and your presence and your activity, that through our thoughts held in mind, we co-create our lives with you. In this moment, it is our intention to co-create peace, to open up our hearts, our minds, and our bodies to be a living expression of your word, ignited from the inside out activating every aspect of our being that is urged forward from the zeal within to be the expression of heaven on earth. And as we intentionally tune into that vibration of peace right now, we thank you, God, for igniting it inside of us so deeply that it moves us beyond all understanding. And we just sit in that feeling. Sit in that knowing. Soaking it in so deeply. Knowing that there's no power, there's no presence, there's no activity. It loves us more than you do. Our hearts are grateful, our minds and bodies are willing, and your presence leads us forward. Thank you, God, for your mighty gift of love that loves no matter what. It is done. It is done. It is done, God. And we let it be. Amen. sometimes I don't want to come out of it. (laughs) Thank you, Nicholas. I'm so glad you're back today. Okay, let's affirm our statement of being together. God is all, both invisible and visible. One presence, one mind, one power is all. This one that is all is perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. I am an individualized expression of God. Let's say that two more times. I am an individualized expression of God. And I say it like you I mean it. I am an individualized expression of God. I am ever one with this perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. And now let us affirm our U of age growth affirmation, knowing in our hearts that it is working together. We give thanks for our expansive congregation that fills our halls, sanctuary, and classrooms with seekers of unity unity truth, fills our hearts with love and joy, and provides us with all of the necessary resources to co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world. That's why I need to pay attention to what I'm doing. I was paying attention to what Dr. Debbie was looking at outside. (laughs) It got me distracted. Uh, now we'll have our music tape. <laughs> <laughs> We give them another hand, please? Oh, Amen. Greater is he who lives inside of me. I tell you what, greater is the singing team that we have than one in unity. I know our, to me, I feel like we are the greatest singing team in unity. You guys agree? They're what I call some sweet business. Oh, my goodness. So as I was studying for today and it started actually when I, when I left Sunday afternoon because when we were studying that parable on forgiveness and how forgiveness is how similar to the kingdom of heaven, it really sunk in and so I started really sitting with that and as I was studying, I heard this story um, about these three pastors who were on a fishing, they were fishing together in a fishing boat and it was like a really peaceful time. And so it was like a moment that caused one of the, one of the pastors to confess. He said, uh, you know, I don't know what it is but about us being together, but it's something in me that wants to share with you all and confess that I'm a gambler. And as a matter of fact, I've lost a lot of the church's money gambling. And in another, the next uh, pastor felt led to, sh- to confess as well. He said, well, now, since we're confessing, he said, I want to share that I'm, a, I'm an alcoholic, I drink. And sometimes when I go on trips, and with, the, with my congregation, they think I'm studying, and I'm really drinking. And so, they're sitting there in brotherhood, and they look over at the third pastor, and he's still fishing. And they're like, wow, we just shared our hearts, and you're still fishing? He said, they said, well, uh, Is there anything you can share? We just shared our heart. He said, well, I I, I need to tell you all that I am a gossiper, and I struggle with gossiping, and I can't wait to get off this boat. (laughs) 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 Uh, I thought that that was kind of funny, (laughs) and it feeds into what we're going to be speaking on today. Today, I'm speaking on cultivating. Last week, we spoke about how forgi- about forgiveness in the kingdom of heaven and how forgiveness was like the kingdom of heaven. Today, I want to talk about cultivating true forgiveness and consciousness. And the scriptures that I'm using are from the Old Testament. They're from Psalms 32. And so I'm going to go ahead and read it, and we'll go into it. And I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. And feel free to bring your own Bibles if you want. It's nothing like reading from the Word of God in the Book of God. So, like I said, Psalm 32, and this is entitled a Psalm of David. Oh, what a joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. When I refused to confess my sins, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And you forgave me all my guilt. You forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Therefore, let all the godly pray to you while there is still time that they may not drown in the floodwaters of judgment. For you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. Verse 8, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Verse 9, do not be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and bridle to keep it under control. Many sorrows come to the wicked, but unfailing love surrounds those who trust in the Lord. So rejoice in the Lord and be glad, all you who obey him. Shout for joy, all of you whose hearts are pure. Let me just sit with God for just a second. God, I feel my heart pounding because I know that your power is just flushing through me. So let me settle my human understanding of what I think I know. Let me settle it down and let you infuse more deeply in me. My human understanding decreases as I step into my spiritual understanding and experience of your word. Thank you, God. Amen. And so as we go into this, one of the things that we talked about that, that connected me to this even more deeply deeply, was last week we were talking about the difference between transformational forgiveness, I mean transactional forgiveness, which is forgiving because you feel obliged to do so or obligated to do so, because you want to reap what you sow, and so you're doing it on the basis of following God's uh, laws, following spiritual law, and so you forgive for people who's transgressed you, you forgive them so that you can be forgiven, and also because there are benefits that come out of that that we want, right? But we were going deeper into it past that part of it into the transformational forgiveness that shifts your consciousness and shifts the situation and shifts the other person at the same time. It moves you past doing what is familiar and what's comfortable into something that's even deeper that will shift you forever. And that's a transformational forgiveness. And that represents, it's similar to the kingdom of heaven because when you go into the consciousness of spirit, it's transformational. We talked about the difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Because that parable that we were studying of the unforgiving debtor was representing the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God is the omnipresence of God everywhere, even inside of you. It's the presence of God, the spiritual realm of God in which all things are created. The kingdom of heaven is our understanding of it. As we move into sitting in the kingdom of, he- uh, kingdom of God, we move into a deeper understanding, a deeper experience, and a deeper expression of that. That is the kingdom of heaven. That's why we are to be the expression of heaven on earth. Does that make sense? And so as we've moved into that, when you think about that and you go into the kingdom of heaven, can't you realize and feel the transformation that happens when you move into understanding God more deeply? Do you, do you, under, do you get that? That as you move into a deeper understanding of God, and you ascend in the understanding of God is where, as, as well as your experience of God, you, became, you become spiritually mature, and you become a deeper expression of the kingdom of heaven. Does that make sense? Yeah. However, as I was thinking about that, one of the things that really came to me is that you can't just walk into the kingdom of heaven and just can't just be forgiveness. It's a practice. It's a way of life. It's a part of your consciousness that's waiting to be, waiting to be experienced and transformed and, and, and ignited inside of us, not just because you're getting upset at somebody and you want to forgive them so that you can be forgiven and so that you can stop yourself from experiencing any type of transgressions against you or any type of illness or any type of uh, consequences For feeling some way against somebody else. It has to be, for it to be a true expression of transformational forgiveness, it has to be ignited in your consciousness and it has to be ignited in your consciousness on a deeper, 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 deeper level every single day. It has to be so part of your consciousness that there's no reason in your mind to even think of forgiveness because you're just that way. You never see or expect anybody to be any different than they are. As a matter of fact, there are no expectations. You move into the law of acceptance and allowance. Does that make sense? That's some deep business to be there. Like to literally be in a space where no part of your part, part of your being judges you or anybody else. But this is the kicker. The Bible says charity begins at home. Charity is the expression of love. Charity is the expression of oneness. That begins inside at home. Not in your house, your abode that you go home to and live, in the spiritual expression that you are. Your intimate relationship with God is your home. Without God in your life, without God resonating in your body, there will be no you. There will be no you. When the Spirit leaves the body, you are, never, you are no longer animated. There is no life in you. Does that make sense to everybody? We are here to be a higher quality, the highest quality of that life that we could ever be, and the only way to be that is to constantly be the expression of love and oneness. That nothing... Transgress you. Forgive us, uh, forgive us Father, as we, as we forgive those who, forgive us our transgressions as we forgive those who what? Transgress, uh, tr- whatever that word, trespass against us. Thank you. I'm getting all mixed up with the psalm and with um, the Lord's Prayer. The point is, it starts with us. So this psalm is powerful. It starts off. Oh, what joy for those. Now, in the King James Version, it says, blessed. And blessed is, happy is. The joy of. And in Charles Fillmore's revealing word, I haven't had this in a little bit. I figured I'd bring it back. Joy, Charles Fillmore, for those of you who don't know, is the co-founder of the Unity Movement. And he says that joy is the happiness of God expressed through his, his perfect idea man. Joy and gladness are strength giving, especially if the mind is fixed on the things of spirit. When you move through uh, forgiveness, what you've done is you brought yourself out of degeneration. We talked about this. Let Let me express a little bit more what I mean by that. Charles Fillmore says that the Bible is an expression of the spiritual development of man. So we start off in this generation state, which is the creation, the procreation of who we are, the possibility of all that we can be when we're born in this world. And then we move into a deep degeneration state where we start to have these feelings of limitation, these feelings of separation, these feelings of illness that come because there are thoughts in our mind that are now resonating on a false error frequency. Does that make sense everybody? So when you're experiencing those limitations, when you're experiencing putting out expectations and people transgress those expectations, it causes a consequence inside of you because you are pure spirit. You are pure energy. You are pure spiritual law, spiritual truth, the image and likeness of God. And if God is divine, pure love, you are too. But anytime we act in a way, think in a way, feel in a way, believe in a way that is out of alignment with that truth, we've moved into degeneration. Does that make sense? Because it's blocking the flow of creating on our highest frequency. But when you move into forgiveness, the beautiful part of forgiveness is not only does it unravel that knot that we've tied in our frequency and our flow of God, it moves us to a higher level of understanding in the kingdom of heaven. Understanding that power that we are and being a more powerful expression of it if you allow God to be that in you. Does that make sense? You are the being. You are the body. God is the expression of it through, in and through you. You are fully human and fully spirit. Everything that you think in your mind that you want to do, the spirit of God does it in and through you. Even if it's something that is destructive, murderous, and damaging. The spirit does not stop you and say, oh, that's not what we're supposed to do, because you have free will. The most powerful way that we're created to live in that free spirit that we are is to align our mind with the mind of God. Does that make sense? Do you know that you have choice to be in alignment and to be out of alignment? Do you know that? Do you know that when you are out of alignment, your body goes through issues? Your situations, your circumstances, your relationships, your finances, everything around you that's resonating in that frequency is out of alignment and blocked from the flow of God flowing freely through you. Do you get that? Don't don't you know those times when you get it and everything starts working well again? That joy you feel? That's the joy that that, uh, David's talking about here in his psalm. So he starts off, joy... For those who are disobedient and they're forgiven. That's one part. Then he goes and he says, and whose sin is put out of sight. Now, we are taught that we are to forget, forgive, and forget. And some of us are like, I ain't forgetting it. (laughs) You kidding me? I may forgive, but I ain't forgetting. If you don't forget, you don't really forgive. Let me tell you what I mean. What you're forgetting is the expectation you put on the person and the feelings that were crossed, the, the feelings that you began to experience and the judgment and condemnation that you put on yourself and someone else. That's what you forget. You take the thing that happened and you look at how you experienced your life in that situation and you make it a greater experience for you. So there's three things that you do out of that when you're stepping in the consciousness of letting God purify you in the inside out. Number one, you look at what happened. Objectively, you become the observer of the situation, detached from the emotion of it, because the truth is, if you feel something's horrible, terrible, uh, the most horrific thing, this, this, and that, that is a low vibration, oh, that was such a, oh, man, that was so traumatic and all that, all of those feelings, let me tell you the truth, you labeled it, not God. God is spirit without labels. Does that make sense to everybody? We labeled it through our thinking and because we were thinking in a way that's duality thinking, this is so terrible, that means it's not good. I'm looking at it and I'm seeing all the parameters that I think are good and this is not lining up to it, so it's not good. Duality thinking. But when you come from the consciousness that every single thing is good because there's something you can get out of it, there's some piece that you can grow from it, there's something absolute in God's presence. If God is everywhere present, God is right in the midst of that situation, then you can take that situation and look at it and look at how you dealt with it. And then you can look at how you could have dealt with it in a way that would have kept you in alignment with the consciousness of God. Does that make sense? The times that you don't are when you experience what David is saying here. I refuse to confess my sins and my body wasted away, I, and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Now, what this means is, he's talking about the fourth unity principle. You remember what the fourth unity principle is? We align our mind with God through denials and affirmations, prayer and meditation. When you are in a state of staying in what you did that you think was not right, what we try to do, what we, as children, we learn to do is hide it because we don't want to get in trouble. We hide it. Take a minute to apologize. Take a minute to own up to what you did. Hold it back for a little bit until you feel right. Well, they did it. I, I, actually, I'm i not going to ask for forgiveness. You sit in this space where you hold back. And you hide it. When you're sitting there hiding it, and a lot of us, like, when I was, it took me a minute. I used to ask for forgiveness, but I never forgave myself because I dropped so far into shame, which is past guilt. Guilt is that trigger there, that part of you that lets you know you're out of alignment. Oh, you know that's not the right thing to do. That's not appropriate. And it's there in a healthy way to redirect you back into alignment. I would take guilt and go down and punish myself. Do whatever I took to punish myself. Let me be real with you guys. I, 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 I know I tell my business. I don't know why I'm going to tell my business, but let me tell my business. My father used to tell us sometimes, he was trying to teach us to be wise with things. Turn, turn off the light. Turn off the water. Turn off the, you're running up the bills and we're doing our best. Your mother and father and I are sacrificing everything so that you guys can have what you need. I took it, I'm a burden on my parents. I want to do everything I can to make life easy for them, for one person, me, so that they won't have to suffer. And even when I made a mistake, it had nothing to do with them. I felt bad, because my father taught us about consequences and punishments. And if we confess that we did something, we didn't get a punishment, but I felt like I needed it. I felt like I was so damaged and I don't know where that came from. I'm still working with it and I'm realizing I don't even need to know where it comes from. I just need to transmute that feeling inside of me. So every single, single thing I did wrong, I felt that's my evidence that I'm damaged and not worthy of love. And so if they, are not, if they feel that I'm a burden, they won't want me. They won't love me. And that's a part of why people hide what they do sometimes. Because if a perp, they confess it, when they don't really know God, they'll think God will discard you and not be there for you. And that's what I used to think. I used to bang my head when I was younger. For those of you who are white, you know, we press our hair, women. We, uh, those of us who are, have a little curly, kinky hair, those of us who are brown, we, we use pressing combs. And I used to take the pressing comb and burn myself. Bang my head hard till I have a hickey. And I wore bangs so it would cover up the hickey. It was my way of punishing myself for sins that I did. Then nobody, even if I just messed up on a test, got 99% on a test, that's how deeply I wanted to be perfect so I wouldn't be a burden on my parents or anybody else for that matter. Then if I did not get 100%, I didn't do it because of the joy I did it because of the obligation, because I did not, I was trying to get a scholarship so my parents wouldn't have to pay for my college. That's how badly unforgiveness can get down inside of you and make you feel shameful. And for that reason, sometimes people hide their sins, and I used to hide them. I thought I was confessing them to God, but still inside, I never told anybody else. I just beat my head. And the only way I stopped was one day my sister heard it as I was going up the stairs. I timed it wrong and the door, bathroom door was open a little bit. I banged my head hard and kind of knocked myself out. My sister saw me stumbling and falling. Well, she heard it and she opened up the door. So my parents had me go to therapy. And I tried my best to heal quickly from that because I didn't want them paying for that. When you walk around with those, that consciousness deeply, it settles down deeply where you hide it. Does that make sense to everybody? So Dave is hiding his sins because he's feeling guilty too. The things that he did with Bathsheba having an affair and then trying to hide the fact that she got pregnant by killing his hus- her husband. And that's deep down inside. He hid his too. But what happens is you don't realize that you're still transgressing spiritual law. So not only does it make you feel worse, but your life also doesn't open up for the flow of God to come through. Does that make sense to everybody? The most powerful way to open that gate of flood, of the flood and the flow of God, is to use the fourth unity principle by confessing it, saying it out loud. And as you say it out loud, the vibration goes out. As the vibration goes out, you ask for forgiveness. You turn it over on the altar of God. You let God heal it and transform it in God's timing, not your timing. If you're like me, you're impatient. (laughs) I'm working on my patience. And if I thought it didn't heal me soon enough, I thought I was too damaged. How can the infinite not handle me? But I thought that was the case. Anybody understand anything, any inkling of what I'm talking about? This is what David's feeling here. That's why he says, blessed are those who are forgiven. The joy that you get when you know. The moment I knew, and I can't tell you when it was, I can't tell you when it was. Somehow I walked into knowing that I can't be so damaged that the one that created me wouldn't love me. That I'm not damaged so deeply, that that damaged idea is in my mind and it's an illusion and it's co-creating itself with me being clumsy and doing all this thing wrong because I'm thinking that way. That he who created me, and it's actually not a he, it's the spirit in the most powerful, powered activity and presence that ever could be created created me. And I'm unique, and I'm different, and there will never be another me. That makes me special. When I got that knowing, and my daddy says it, he said it ever since I was born. From the beginning of time, Kelly, to the end of time, there will be only one you, so that makes you special. I did not get it. I did not get it. When you confess, you turn it over to God, it doesn't just heal that area inside of you. It shifts your consciousness to see past it as a part of you that can be lifted up higher to a higher vibration. That's why it says that our sins are put out of sight. You don't look at it as a sinful, you look at it with wisdom and understanding and discernment instead of judgment. And you look at it, seeing it with the power of a healing and a moving more powerfully into the expression of God that you can be. You take it and let it be transformative inside of you and shift into the consciousness of what you truly are. So you realize that's the second piece. You learn what could you have done? What could I have done? I could go talk to my parents and just try it and let them know what I'm going through, that I'm depressed, that I'm worried, that I'm scared, that I'm feeling damaged, that when you say this, it makes me feel like I'm a burden to you. Share it with my parents. I could have done that. And then the third thing, what will you do next? He confessed it and began to live differently. And as you live differently, there's this deep joy, there's the deep abiding joy. It's the happiness of God, which is really... when you you look at it in metaphysical words, it's the harmony of God. It's the peace of God. When you tune into your natural state of being, which is oneness, your mind begins to be realigned and harmonized and you begin to express and feel the natural state of consciousness, which is peace. And that's what we're here to be. The vibration and the harmony of peace. And the deeper you get into that without letting anything shake you, the more powerful you've moved into the 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 spiritual maturity and understanding of the kingdom of God, the more you become a greater kingdom of heaven. Does that make sense? That's what we are here to create in our mind. Imagine yourself being that consciousness that is transforming your mind so powerfully that there's no part of you that feels an urge to judge, but there's every part of you that feels a consciousness to love. To be the vibration of oneness, no matter what comes to you or no matter what you do. And it starts from what you do, because what comes to you does not matter. It's how you process it and experience it that matters, because that's where the sin comes, from you judging. Does that make sense to everybody? I heard this story and I might cry. This is an example to me, even more greater than Jesus being up on the cross, saying, Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. I, heard the, I read this story, and it started off with this frail black lady who is in South Africa, and she's in court. She's 70 years old. And she's slowly making her way up to the witness stand security guard, white security guards are around her. And this guy, Mr. Van, Van Deerboric, Van Deerborick, was a police officer. This was in 2013, February, 2000, February 10, 2013, that this article was written. And this lady, she and her, her husband and her son were at home. And his police officer and his co-workers come and yank the son out, shoot him in the head and burn him up while they're out celebrating and partying. White guys with a black young man. Year later, they come back. They take the husband, kidnap him. And for a couple months, she doesn't know where her husband is, his whereabouts or anything. A couple months later, Mr. Van Deer Broek, Broek comes in and they kidnap her. They take her to this place over by the water where her husband is sitting handcuffed tied up on his pile of sticks. And they cover him with gasoline. And as they go to light him, he says, forgive them, forgive them. And they put him on fire. That's the last thing she heard her, her husband say. Apparently she got back home and everything, but they, they, they arrested him and his coworkers. Now that experience of the husband saying, forgive them. Now he had been beat and everything. He was still standing in his, his love, still sitting, even though he was down, he was still standing in his love and state of forgiveness and oneness with these white police officers who he knew what they were about to do. They're pouring gasoline on him and he says, forgive them. That's a state of consciousness where where there's true forgiveness in that consciousness. And then they light him up and burn him up. So this is a couple years later in the courthouse and the South Africa's Truth and Reconciliation Commission turns to her, one of the officers, and says, so what do you want? How should justice be done to this man who has so brutally destroyed your family? I'm going to read this. She says, I want three things. It says begins the old lady calmly but confidently. I want first to be taken to the place where my husband's body was burned so that I can gather up his dust, the dust and his remains, and give him a decent burial. Then she pauses, then she continues. My husband and son were my only family. I want, secondly, therefore, for Mr. Van Deer Borick to become my son. I would, I, want, I would like him to come twice a month to the ghetto and spend a day with me so that I can pour out on him whatever love I still have remaining in me. And finally, she says, I want a third thing. This is also the wish of my husband. And so I would kindly ask someone to come to my side and lead me across the courtroom so that I can take Mr. Van der Broer- in my arms and embrace him and let him know that he is truly forgiven. And as the court assistants came to lead her, the elderly woman, across the room, he is so over- overwhelmed that he faints. And as he does, those in the courtroom, finally, of family, friends, and neighbors, all victims of decades of oppression and injustice began to sing softly and assuredly, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. When you move into a consciousness Of cultivating true forgiveness not the kind of forgiveness that does it because you feel you need to but the kind of forgiveness that transforms your entire consciousness that no matter what anyone does to you you still see love that man was dying and said forgive them He saw God inside of them, no matter how they were acting. He knew God was using the power, that that they were using God's power inappropriately and unlovingly, but he still said, forgive them. And his wife, who was one with him, in the same consciousness of true forgiveness, asked that his remains be properly buried. And that he take the place of the ones he took away. That he may now continue to, that he may now receive the love that co-created in her and her husband and son. The type of forgiveness in consciousness that will make you love no matter what. It starts with you. The husband and the wife had to be in a consciousness where they co-created it in their own mind first towards themselves, letting God love them and forgive them and open up into a flow of God's love so deeply that no matter what happened to them, they knew they could be the vibration of love. You and I are meant to do the same. That is an expression of Jesus. That is an expression of heaven on earth. That is an expression of cultivating true consciousness in mind. Howard, can you put that affirmation up for me, please? If you can. I just want us to affirm this together. I didn't write it down, so I might have to. There we go. So let me say it first, and then we'll say it together. I'll say it first. The forgiving love of my inner Christ adjusts all things rightly in my mind, heart, and affairs. Together. The forgiving love of my inner Christ adjusts all things rightly in my mind, heart, and affairs hold your hand over your heart and say, thank you, God. Amen. Amen. Because amen means that it is so and it cannot be undone. Amen? Amen. Thank you. I'm done.
0: When I that you are mindful of me
2: Y'all to stand up because they they weren't stirring you up the way I wanted them to. (laughs) Oh my God, is God a friend of you? Are you a friend of God's? Woo, amen, amen, amen. Give him another hand, please. Woo, oh my Lord, oh my Lord, I'm stirred up even more. Woo, I'm hot. (laughs) It's hot in here to me. Oh man, okay, so let's go ahead and close our hot eyes. And bring to mind what you feel led to give to today, for today's do- divine—oh, my God, I'm so tongue-tied—donation for today's service. Take a deep breath. <sighs> I needed that to settle me down. And let's go ahead and affirm our love-offering blessing together. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Woo! Thank you, God. Let's stand and do our prayer for protection. And as we pray, tuning your heart into a state of love. We're giving love for anything that we feel was a transgression to us. is being purified through this prayer and sending out love and vibrations of oneness into the world. Amen? Okay, let's go ahead and affirm this together. The light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is and all is well.